Welcome to the Community Church Podcast. This is the second week of our series on Matthew 12 called Not My Messiah. If you'd like to take notes, there's a link for that in the show notes. Thanks for joining us. And without further ado, here's Pastor Mike. Well, we are uh, continuing in a study of, of, of Matthew. And in Matthew chapter 12, it's really centered around this idea that you have Jesus and the, and the opposition, the, the Pharisees that are sitting there saying, you know, we don't like him. You know, if he's, you know, you talk about Messiah, he's not our Messiah. He's not the Messiah that we want to believe in. And so we see this opposition. And, and this morning, we're going to actually do part two of what we started with last week in the beginning of Matthew 12 about Sabbath. And, um, and in that, you know, I, I want to, I had somebody even ask me afterwards. They said, you know, well, we've talked about Sabbath and in and, and the Old Testament it was Saturday and why do we do it on Sunday? And, and I'll let you know, I don't have time this morning to deal with that, but it's an important question. We are gonna actually do a video on that. We're gonna post it on our social media, probably on Tuesday. And so if you're interested in that, please you know, check our website, check our Facebooks. Uh, we're gonna be able to posting that, just kind of a little teaching about answering that an important question some people struggle with. Uh, but if you have a Bible, I'd invite you to turn with me to Matthew. We're going to start at the end of chapter 11, verse 28, and go through chap- uh, verse 14 of chapter 12. And uh, please keep your Bibles open throughout our time so you could follow along with us. But let me start by reading the passage we're going to look at. Jesus said, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls." for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and they began to pluck heads of grain to eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, they began, said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. And he said to them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him and how he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests? Or have you not read in the law how the Sabbath, the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you wouldn't have condemned the guiltless, for the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. And he went on from there and entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand, And they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him? And he said to them, which one of you has a sheep if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath will not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more value is a man than a sheep? So is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? And then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And the men stretched it out and it was restored healthy like the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him and how to destroy him. May God bless the reading of his word. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the privilege of this time. Father, for the privilege of the study of this passage, of a hard passage, a hard principle. Father, something we don't talk about a lot and that is really, really counter, counterintuitive to our culture. And Father, I, I thank you for what you're teaching me and not only teaching, but challenging me on. And Father, I pray that you'd help each one of us to have hearts that are open to hear what, what you would have for us today, even if it's uncomfortable. And Father, I pray that you would speak through me and in spite of me, not the opinions of a man, but Father, through me, that you would speak the timeless truth of your word. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. And sometimes you run across people who um, kind of get carried away with making laws and they pass some kind of strange laws. Uh, I've actually found some examples of this on the internet. So for example, in Fairbanks, Alaska, it's illegal to serve alcohol to a moose. And uh, you know, 
yeah, you wonder if it's okay to shoot a bear, I don't know, but a moose, no. You know, it's, in Arizona, it's illegal for a donkey to sleep in a bathtub, which again, I wonder, like, was that ever a problem? You know, I, I, in Kansas, it's illegal to hunt whales. Now just think about where Kansas is, like in the middle of the continent, and if they've ever had a problem with hunting whales, I don't know. In Oklahoma, people who make ugly faces at dogs can be arrested and fined. And uh, which I wonder about, like if you have a bulldog that makes a face at a person, could they be arrested as well? I don't know. Uh, in Kentucky, a woman cannot marry the same man four times. So hopefully third time's a charm, you know, just hopefully. And in New Mexico, there's a law that says idiots are banned from voting. That, that might be a good law. You know, I haven't been, I don't think they're enforcing that one enough. You know, I just... Uh, in Indiana, citizens are not allowed to attend a cinema or ride in a public streetcar within four hours of eating garlic. Um, maybe they have different kind of breathalyzers in Indiana. Now, now you hear that and you think, what were they thinking? You know, maybe did these laws ever make sense or what's going on? Beyond that, you know, it's not only how did they make these laws, what would you think if there were people that actually focused on enforcing these laws? I mean, if you had a sting operation outside of an Italian restaurant near a movie theater and watching people walk from the Italian restaurant into the movie theater and we're going to arrest them because they just ate garlic. And I mean, you see, like, that's crazy. And it would seem to be crazy. But as much as it would be crazy to live in a world like that, when you read the New Testament, you real, realize that's kind of what it was like for Jesus. Uh, that's what we're seeing here in Matthew chapter 12 is that there was that kind of legalistic focus on the law. Now the context of the story is the Pharisees and the other religious leaders were kind of considered the local political authorities in Israel. Now the ultimate authority was Rome, but the way that Rome ruled is they would, they would have local authorities, they would give a lot, of, you know, a lot of power to kind of set local rules and to enforce them as well. And so you have these religious leaders who their ostensible goal was to make God's word the law of the land. But what they did in practice is that they would take the Bible and then they would write all kinds of additional rules and, and you know, things that weren't in the Bible, hundreds and thousands of little rules. And then they would, they would teach these not as their opinions, but as all the authority of God's law. And specifically, we see that being played out here now with the Sabbath. You know, now we look at it and you say this, the Bible gives a command about the Sabbath. It's one of the Ten Commandments, the Fourth Commandment. Exodus tells us, what is that? Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath unto the Lord. And that seems pretty direct. But the religious leaders of Jesus' day took that and kind of messed it up and by literally making up thousands of rules, saying this is what it means. They had a book called the Mishnah that was like a commentary on the Old Testament. And in the Mishnah, they literally took this and they had then 69 different areas of, or, I'm sorry, 39 different areas of work in each one of those areas, they had hundreds of rules in, in, in it to say, well, you can't do this. And, and some were obvious, you know, don't plow and don't, you know, hunt and cook. And, but then they had others, like they said, you couldn't, you know, tying or loosing a knot was work. If you're sewing, you could sew one stitch, but two stitches was work. If you were writing, you could write one letter, but two letters was work. I mean, it was that kind of uh, minutia. And what we see here in Matthew 12 is the disciples are walking through this grain field and it's on a Sunday, they're, they're, or Sabbath, they're, and they're, they're, you know, they're hungry. And so they start plucking some grain and they kind of rub it between their hands and they pop it in their mouths. And the Pharisees, being these legalists, they're looking at it saying, Jesus, you, know, you should correct them. You're letting them do what is unlawful, not what's against the Bible, but what's against their laws that they had made up. 
And so Jesus then challenges them and us about the true nature of Sabbath and Sabbath rest. But to understand this passage, we almost need to step back and we need to look at the verses right before these events. In fact, if you look at verse one of chapter 12, it begins, at that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. Now, at that time is when? It's the time that, right when he just said what he did. And so it's Matthew's way of kind of drawing us back and saying, okay, you've gotta see what's here in relation to what Jesus just said. And what did he just say? Verse 28 of chapter 11, he said, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. What is Jesus teaching? He's saying, if you wanna understand true soul rest, real rest, it's found in relationship with Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate rest for our souls. And so then we go from there into the beginning of chapter 12 and we have this controversy about the Sabbath. And what is the Sabbath? It's the day of rest. And so Jesus is telling us, okay, before we get into the controversy of Sabbath and what is work and what is rest and all that, let me remind you what it really is all about. You see, the Sabbath isn't just about resting from work. It's about a day of resting in God. It's about finding deep rest for our souls. That's what God is concerned about. And that's what it says when he talks about you know, come to me, all who labor and heavy rest. I, or labor, I will give you rest. I will give you rest for your soul. It's not just about not working. Now, the Jewish leaders of Jesus' time totally missed this. And they, they've, you know, they totally misunderstood the idea. They, they, you know, they're looking at these laws and, and we see this distorted view here in chapter 12. And you see it not only there, but Jesus trying to correct that. So let's pick it up in verse one of chapter 12. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and they began to pluck heads of grain to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful to do on the Sabbath. Now, if we put it in this context, here's the craziness of it. Okay, it would be like if you and me were walking through a field, a public field, there's some kind of trees there and, and a couple of them have to be apple trees and we're just walking by and we see, man, there's an apple, looks dumb. I pick it, I rub it on my shirt, take a bite and suddenly somebody jumps out and says, how dare you, you sinner! You know, you're picking an apple, you're doing work on the Sabbath, how dare you? I mean, it's like, what in the world is wrong with you? I mean, that would be crazy for us to think of that. Well, it's hard for us to think about that because we don't think in terms of the, you know, the, 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 the legalism and the rules that were prevail, in prevailing in this, in this Jewish culture back then. They had all these rules. And so let's look at what they were wrong. What they, see what they, first of all, I'll give you four things they got wrong on this issue. First, they emphasize external conformity to the rules. And everything in God's word is not about just external conformity. God's always concerned about our heart. And here he's specifically concerned about relationship with him. But when we look at this, we see just even on this, they took this command about the Sabbath and now they're saying plucking heads is, well, that's doing work. They had somehow taken this one idea and they'd made literally hundreds of rules and, and not only that, but then they made all these exceptions and because they really weren't concerned about really the heart of it. And so for example, it was a rule that you could walk 1800 steps and beyond that it was work. But if you stopped at a home, then you could walk more steps. So they would literally go out the night before, put some of their possessions every 1800 steps, walk 1800 steps, sit down with their possessions. Well, that's at home. Now I could walk 1800 more steps. I mean, that's craziness. It's this legalistic external conformity to rules totally missing the purpose of what the Sabbath, 
the purpose behind the command. It was about relationship with God. Not only that, but they got this wrong because they misunderstood God. They saw God as this arbitrary rule giver. That's some of what we talked about last week. And, and the fact is, is they didn't see God's commands as an expression of his love for us. They, they saw it as just, you know, God was making up rules. No, God, it's always an act of love. It's an expression of how he's created us and how he's created our world. It's all given for our good. God's word is always for our good. And we see this playing out, Jesus confronting them in verses three and four. He tells them this story about David. He said, you know, have you not read about what David did when he was hungry and how those were with him and how he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor those who were with him, but only for the priests. Now he's talking about the story in 1 Samuel when David was running away from Saul who was trying to kill him and he was hungry and, and he went to the temple and there was this bread that was set aside you know, uh, before the altar and then after so many days, only the priest could eat it. That was in the law. And he said, okay, he wasn't supposed to eat the bread but the priest gave it to him and, and it's implied God was okay with that because he was hungry. And what he's saying is, you know, the law here, it isn't just about, okay, these are things, and in fact, Jesus said elsewhere, the Sabbath is given for man, not, sat, the sat, or not for the man for the Sabbath. You know, it's not like this is a rule that God wants us to be able to go by. God, God is concerned about our heart. And not only that, but they got the focus wrong. They thought the focus of the commandment was just the command not to work. And you see that by the fact that they, what did they do? They made up all these rules about what was work and what wasn't work. And see, the focus wasn't not just a command to not work. In fact, you see him again confronting this in verse five. Look what he says. Or have you not read in the law how, um, how the Sabbath, the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? Now basically what he's saying is this. If the Sabbath is really not about working, then why does God in the same law tell the priests that they're supposed to work in the temple on the Sabbath to help facilitate worship? Is God contradicting himself? And when he said the priests are, are profaning, he's not, that's not what God is saying. He's, they're profaning it according to your rules, which is basically your rules get it all wrong. See, God didn't contradict himself. Again, let's go back to the fourth commandment. Look what it says. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day it's a Sabbath unto the Lord your God. And what he's saying is we're called to make it holy. What's that mean? We're called to set it apart. We're called to make it a day that that uh, we don't work, but that's, that's a means to an end. It's not an end to itself. The end isn't, it's a day that we don't work. It's the idea, no, it's a day that is to the God, Lord your God. It's a day that is set apart from him. And we don't work as a way of saying, the goal is not, not work. We don't work so that we can pursue the goal of relationship with God. Because God wants us to find our soul rest in him. But not only that, but they also thought that the way of serving God wasn't relationship, but by keeping rules. And, and so we see this in verses nine through 14. Jesus telling the story of healing this man with a withered hand and, and he goes into the synagogue and there's this man that's there and he said, is it lawful to heal? And they wanted to accuse him. When they're asking the question, they're, they're, they're implying, no, it's wrong to heal. See, God just wants to obey the rules. But the fact is when you read all of the Bible and everything that it reads about, the, it teaches us about the Sabbath, you'll see that God gives us the Sabbath not only as a day that we rest from work so that we can connect with God, but it's also a day that we can then focus on serving God. It's a day of experiencing God's healing touch in our lives and then sharing that healing touch with other people as well. And that's what he tries to teach in this next verse when he says, which one of you, if you have a sheep, falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take, take hold of it and lift it out? 
how much more value is a man than a sheep? So it is, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? And he said to the man, stretch out your hand, and the man stretched it out, and he restored it healthy like the others. So what this is saying is doing things like, not only going to church, but helping people and healing people and, and serving in church ministries, all those things are things that God wants us to do on the Sabbath. Because the Sabbath is not only focusing on a relationship with God, but is doing so in part through serving him. But they got this all wrong. You know, they're sitting there, they're focused on the rules, and, and Jesus is trying to not only teach them, but he's trying to teach us. And so what is he telling us here about this biblical view of the Sabbath? How do we reclaim what Jesus wants us to know? Now, in this, I think that I've talked to some, some Christians who will struggle with this because there are some things that, um, you know, that we can misread. And one is that people will say, well, that Jesus is confronting the Pharisees here because he's trying to tell them that, that the Sabbath doesn't matter anymore. You know, that as followers of Christ, he said, I'm doing away with the Sabbath, don't worry about it. Um, but that's not what he ever says. He doesn't tell them and confront them that they're wrong in celebrating the Sabbath. They're confronting them because their understanding of what the Sabbath was wrong. It's legalism. You know, he, he, when he goes to heal the person, he doesn't come and say, well, I'm healing this guy because the Sabbath doesn't apply anymore. What he's doing is he's saying, no, I want you to know that the Sabbath is still here. When he says, is it good to do good on the Sabbath? His implication is yes, the Sabbath is here and, and one of the things that we're supposed to do is do good healing things. He's saying what the Sabbath is, is it's restorative. It's letting me come and touch you and take that which is withered and, and heal it. And then in calling you to likewise then use that healing touch to heal others as well. Now there's some others that will point out, well, but does it apply to us? Because it is, it's never explicitly said in the New Testament, you know, the, you know Remember the Sabbath, it's never repeated explicitly. And, and so therefore, you know, some people say it was just the Old Testament, it's, it's in the Old Testament law. Now here's what I wanna say, I, I agree with you that's never explicitly stated. But think about when was this, this commandment to remember the Sabbath given? Well, we think of the 10 commandments, right? Okay, that was given to Mount Sinai, to Israel. Actually, that's a restatement of the commandment was actually given all the way back in Genesis 1 and 2 at creation. It's a command that's rooted in creation itself. We see this even in Exodus 20 because we see the command in verse eight, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And then he starts to expand about what that means. And then he goes into verse 11 and he explains about the source of this, of this commandment. Look what he says in verse 11. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. It's rooted in creation. God in the very beginning of creation said, okay, I'm gonna make a week the kind of the foundational period of, 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 of time. And in that week I'm gonna set aside one day and I'm calling you to, to remember that one day. It's different from all other days. And this wasn't, now look at Mount Sinai and the giving the law, it was restated something that God gave at creation. So if it's tied to creation, you see then it applies to us as long as we're in this creation. Until we go into the new heaven and the new earth, it still applies to us. God wants us to be able to live this out. Now some people might say, well, but doesn't the Bible say that every, and every day in the New Testament, every day is the Lord's day, every day is, is well it does. You know, Romans 14, Colossians 2, but here's what it means. When it says that, it says we ought to serve God every day. We ought to try to connect with God every day. We ought to find time every day to make God our priority. 
But the emphasis there is that he's taking these other six days and saying, make them sacred as well. Never does he say, take away from the sacredness of the one. No, no, he's still, the Sabbath is still called to be something special. It's still called to be something set apart for the Lord. And, and we don't, never take away from that. But what we do is that, in fact, what we're gonna see is part of the goal of the Sabbath is connecting with God in such depth that it makes it easier to be able to make every day the Lord's day. To bring some of the sacredness we experience with God on Sunday into our Monday through Saturday. It's what we add to the other six, not what we take away from the one. So why is it so important? Well, because we see it's in creation and it's speaking ultimately to our created need for rest. See, God created us for a need for rest. It's actually something, it's interesting, there have been numerous studies, research that has been done that shows that actually biologically, we need to rest. The fact is that if you don't rest, if you don't take a day off, you're gonna have physical problems, emotional problems, you're gonna become less effective over time. If we wanna be healthier, if we wanna be more effective in life, Sabbath is one of the ways that we do that. Now, it's easy to make this point in research. Let me just give you one example that I thought was really interesting. It was a guy, Dan Butner, who spent years researching parts of the world where people live much longer than average. And he found that there was this group of, of in America, Seventh-day Adventists, who put this major emphasis on faithfully observing the Sabbath. And he found that on average, they live 10 years longer than the average American. And here's what he wrote. He says, they take this idea of Sabbath very seriously, so they're decompressing the stress. He continued, about 84% of the healthcare dollars are spent because of bad food choices, inactivity, and unmanaged stress. And they have these cultural ways of managing the stress through their remembrance of Sabbath. Now, you know, what's even more interesting is that if you do the math, they live on average 10 years longer. The average life expectancy is a little over 70 years. If you take one day a week, a Sabbath, for your whole life, that averages out to 10 years. So these people that take one day a week over their whole life, they take seven or 10 years of Sabbath, and what happens? God gives them an average 10 more years of life. I wonder if that's by coincidence. I just, it's just interesting. See, but when we look at this, we say, okay, God calls us to rest. Now that would seem to be easy, wouldn't it? And God commands, okay, take this day, don't work. And, but you know, we struggle with it. Take a day to be still. We struggle, it's hard. I don't know about you, it's hard. I, I'm, I'll be honest as I've thought about this. This is a really challenging passage and concept for me. God is convicting me. I don't do well with this. I've really got, I'm struggling with how do I do this better? And, and I would like to justify it and say, well, it's because I have a strong work ethic and I'm a hard worker and I'm responsible. And, and the fact of the matter is I will try to do that, but I know in the depth of my heart, that's all excuses, that's justifications. That's, that's me trying to hide from these, these soul need of this unhealth that I have in my heart. And, and so, I'm, you know, I, I'd love to do that, but I know that's, that's running away from it. This is something that I can say that God is calling me. This is a command that God gives us because it's something that's challenging for all of us. If it wasn't, if, it, if we we'd naturally take this time, God wouldn't have to command us. So it's hard. It's partially called to this need of rest. We need it biologically. We need it. God created us. But, but it's actually something even deeper. See, why did God give us the Sabbath? 
Do you think that it was simply that God looked at us and said, well, you know, biologically they're limited. And biologically, if they keep working, they're gonna wear down and it's unhealthy. So I'm gonna give them this day so that they don't wear down. Okay, let me ask you another question. God was the one who designed us. Why did he give us those limitations? Here's the question. Did God give us the command to remember the Sabbath to make us aware of our physical limitations? Or did God give us the biological limitations to remind us of the importance of the Sabbath? So I think it's the later. I think that God looked at us and said, okay, you know, you're gonna, be, you're gonna run and you're gonna be busy and you're gonna be so involved and you're gonna lose sight of what your soul needs. So I'm gonna design your body that if you do that, it's gonna break down because I'm gonna try to remind you of this deeper soul need, this hidden need of your soul. And our deepest need is connection with God. That's the primary purpose of the Sabbath. When you look at the Sabbath, it's not simply about don't work, rest from work. That's part of it. That's a means to an end. But that's not the, it's, it's a day that we've set aside things so that we can more fully focus on God. Let's go back to the command. Let's go back to Exodus. Look what it says. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now that's the command. It's not remember the Sabbath thy day of not working. It's the, the core command is to keep the Sabbath day holy. Now, what's that mean? It means to set the day apart. How do we do that? Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. See, it's not just about biological need for rest. It's, it's something that God calls us to do. He says, you know, keep it holy. And now it starts with the idea that of keeping it holy. That is the core command. But again, what does that mean? It means to set it apart, to make it special, to make it sacred, to make it different than other days. Now, part of that is there's a lot of things that are normal. They're not that bad. Work is a normal thing. Work is something that takes up our life. It's, not, it's a good thing. God calls us to do that. But he says, take this stuff that's normal and take it out so that you not only take something out, but then you put something else back in. See, it's a command, what does he say? Look at what he says. He says, keep, keep it holy. How do we do that? Taking out the six, the labor. Don't work. Six days you do that. On this one day you take it out and then put in, you make it a Sabbath under the word. Put in that you make it a day that you focus primarily on God. He's calling us to rest from work so that we can rest to God. It's a day set apart from work to God. It isn't just about not working. It's resting from other things, disconnecting. And it's not only from work, it's from all the things that would distract and keep us busy and stress us out. And so we're gonna do all that and we're gonna, we're gonna take, put it aside to focus on God. Now, I think in very visual terms. I'm very visual, so, you know, so you, those that are around, you kind of get to know, you know, periodically, okay, I'm gonna try to illustrate this visually. So let me do this one, all right? So I'm gonna think in these terms. Here's life. Here's my life, here's my day, here's what goes on in life. Now what happens is that I can go on through life and I can say, okay, there's, I, I, wanna, make, I wanna make God part of my life, I wanna make that a priority, I wanna make time, but what happens is, you know, day to day, and we start with our work. I mean, that's what I have to do, it's I don't have a choice, and so that takes up a huge part of my life, it's a huge part of my day. And then I come home and, and suddenly I've got other things that aren't, I'm not being paid for, but there are other things that are kind of work as well. And so I gotta mow the yard, I've gotta do, you know, cook dinner, I've gotta do laundry, and suddenly a lot of my life is filled up with different work, and then, and then I'm worn out. So I've got, 
you know, I've got hobbies, I've got to watch TV, I've checked social media, I, you know, suddenly I'm filling it up with these different things. And, and the fact is, well, then I said, well, I've got to want God. And somehow God never got in there. You know, there's, there's no space for him anymore. Now, what is the Sabbath all about? The Sabbath is saying, okay, I want you to take the main thing that you're distracted by work, and I want you to say, okay, this is a day that, you know, no work. This is, put that aside, don't work. Now, here's the problem, is that I can, if I make it all about not working, then what happens? Well, well you know, I'm free, and so, well, suddenly now I've got all these non-work things, and why my kids have this, you know, this uh, thing that they're involved in, and, you know, they're signed up for, you know, for this league, and, and I've got these stuff to do at house, and I've got, and, you know, I'm going to run around, I'm going to do all these, man, if we want to go camping, we want to, you know, we're in this, uh, we got tickets for, you know, for Browns on Sunday, you know, whatever it is, I've got all these things that I'm filling in, and, well, oh, I need, I need to remember to make God, I find a little room for God for church, and, and so I, I do that as a habit, unless, like, something really special comes out, and then I take it out, and then I put those other things in. Isn't that kind of what life is? Now, here's what you've got to realize. It's rest from work to rest to God. It's make it holy as a day unto the Lord. And are all these other things bad? Well, that's the legalism. You can't do this and this. No, the whole idea is just God is saying, okay, no, take this stuff out first and say that's the first thing you do. Make it a day that is holy unto the Lord. So the first thing is I want to say, okay, God, what are the distractions? And I want to put you in first. I want to make you a priority first. And I want to keep asking, what's that look like? And it's, so it might not only be Sunday morning, it might be maybe in a community group, and but I want to spend a little more time. Yeah, it takes time, but that's my priority. And, and maybe it's, you know, I'm going to spend a little time with my, you know, with my wife, and we're going to take a walk, and maybe we're going to talk about what God's teaching us, or I'm going to spend time with, time with our kids. And there are other things that are going to go in there too, you know, there, it's, because it's not a legalism of saying you can't do other things and other things that are fun. But the fact is, is that what's first? Is it a day that is, well, don't work, or is it a day that is wholly set apart from the Lord that is first and foremost fixed on him? And that's what God is calling us to here. See, it's going back to the primary purpose of the Sabbath. It's not, you know, the, the means to the end. Don't work is a means to the end. It's taking this stuff out so that I can put something in. The goal is not disengagement. The goal is engagement. The goal is not disengaging from work. It's not don't do these things. It's take these things out so that you can do these things. Why? Because Sunday is a time where we focus on the promise that Jesus gave at the end of chapter 11. Come to me, all that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest for your souls. See, what do you think your soul needs the most? And what we pursue on Sunday morning is probably what we believe our soul needs. And if we're filling it up with this and this, then we're saying, this is what we need, but I think my soul needs to be restored. And the Sabbath is a way of saying, let me step back and resist the pressure and culture, the t- culture and our, the temptations, and, and let's just be still. I can be busy with entertainment, with media and social media and schedules and kids, and, but my purpose isn't to run around, take this out so I can run around and fill it with other things. The purpose is to take out and connect with God, to disengage so I can engage with God. I can more fully focus on him. What do you think is gonna restore your soul? What do you think you need the most? And whatever that is, are you making that the priority? Well, that leads us to that challenge then, how do we redeem the practice? What's practically, what does this mean? Now here, it would be real easy to say, well, here's the rules, here's what you can't do, what you can't do, what you can't, like that's the Pharisees, okay? 
I'm not gonna do that. You know, the first thing that I'm gonna do is that we gotta struggle with this. We live in a culture that is so fast-paced, so stressful, so this and that, and that's normal for us, and we've gotta struggle, and if you're not struggling with this, then you're probably not dealing with it. And so let me encourage you to struggle. Talk with your spouse, talk with a friend, talk. Think about this, not just once, but periodically to come back. That's what I'm doing. I'm struggling with this because I know I'm not where I need to be. I'm going against the culture. The culture keeps pushing me the wrong way. What's it look like for me? And we're not gonna get into specific rules. That's between you and God. But what I will say is that it starts by when it says don't work, it's kind of, what's the first thing? Well, what do we take out? What are the distractions? And it's not just work. That's where it begins. What are the other things that distract us, that stress us out, that constantly grab our attention? You know, I, I even talked to some people and it's like somebody said, you know, it's, man, I've watched news and it's stressing. Okay, Sabbath, I'm not gonna watch any news. I'm not gonna listen to anything because that distracts. It takes me away from God. I talked to somebody last week that were even saying, you know, they said, you know, somebody said, well, I texted you. Well, I didn't answer. Well, I don't, she said, I don't bring my phone into church on Sunday. She says, you know, I kept checking it all the time. That was a distraction. So I decided I'm not gonna let myself be distracted. Man, that's wonderful. That's somebody who understands the idea of Sabbath. Praise God, what a great example that that is. Is that a rule everybody should do? No, not necessarily. But if you can't keep yourself from checking things, if you can't stop checking social media all the time, so if you can't put something down, you're a slave to it. And when you look back into the whole giving of the Sabbath, God is saying, I freed you from slavery in Egypt, now go and be free. And basically, why do I put myself under slavery of something else that I can't do without? No, there's a battle to be fought. And it's, if there are things that distract me from God, boy, maybe I need to put them down. And that's between you and God. You've got to figure that out. And then not only what do you put down, what you take out, what you put in. Okay, what's it look like for you to say, okay, I want to make sure that I put God as that first priority. Before anything else, how do, I, how do I make this day more of a day that is set apart for God? And again, I can't tell you exactly what that looks like in your life. And some people would say, boy, I'm just, just going to listen to worship music or I'm just going to do, you know, some people, you know, talk about, okay, you know, I'm going to take out this, but I'm, I'm going to, you know, spend time and do a walk and talk, try to talk with my spouse about something spiritual, about the notes on Sunday morning and getting a, whatever it would be, the fact of the matter is I think that God is calling us to go deeper. What's that look like in your life? And remember, what is it all about? It's about what Jesus said at the end of chapter 11. Come to me, all who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I am gentle and lowly. You will find rest for your souls. I don't think I'm the only one here that's, man, I can get weary. I can get worn out. I can get withered. That's why the healing of the withered hand, that's Jesus is saying something there. And he said, okay, this is a battle. And we need that healing. It is not an easy command to keep. It is not an easy one to struggle. But I think we need to be struggling and say, God, what do you want me to take out and, and how do you want me to put in? How can I make this day more the day set apart for, for you that you call me to make it? How do I even evaluate how I spend my time? Because again, as we said a moment ago, our focus on Sunday reveals what we believe is our soul's deepest need. You see, if I'm running around doing all these things, then I'm saying deep in my mind, I think this is what is gonna heal me. This is what's gonna restore me. This is my deepest need. Again, it's not my job to test anyone else, but it's my job to let God speak to my own heart. See, I wanna, I wanna live a life where I discover and live in the blessing that Jesus offers. 
I come to him, I find rest. I want to be so counter-cultural counter that in the midst of this stressed out culture where people are stressed and depressed and worn out, and that somehow that I, I have peace, that I have a rest in my soul even when I'm busy. And that's, what I long, that's what God longs for, for me. But to find that, we've got to do this hard work of rediscovering the Sabbath rest of relationship with Jesus. I hope that you'll discover that with me. It's given to us not by a God of laws, but by a God who is good and who longs for us what is good and what is best. And that is it for this week's message. If you have a question about the message, Community Church, or Jesus Christ, send us a text to 330-400-3242. You can learn more about our events and community groups online at ccpl.life connect. There, you can also send in a prayer request. We would love to pray for you. Have a blessed Lord's Day, and we'll see you next week.